Sorry, Steve, I was not sure if I hit record, but hey, I did it. I'm proud of us. Proud of me, proud of you, proud of us. Um, anyways, hi, Steve, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Look at that. He's on, he is on point today, people. Um, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve. Steve, Steve, we are joined this week uh, by a quick guest, um, but a good guest. Um, the man making delicious cheesesteaks that I, I've been ranting and raving about now for two weeks. Uh, Pat Romano of the uh, We Are In uh, in Phillipsburg joins us for a good interview about not just about his, his cooking, his food, but really the business experience in State College and, and how important that is um, to him. And I, I think that's interesting. I think that's a good guest. We've we've never really had somebody on from the business side. Um, we talk about sports business and sports media, but Penn State football is very much important to the local economy. So um, it's it's nice to hear from somebody in that type of position. So we will let you take a listen to that, um, and uh, we'll be back after after this. Steve, we are joined tonight by the man making us very well known in the cheesesteak community right now. Got to be on in some community, baby. Hey, it works for us. It works for us. Pat of the We Are In. How are you, Pat? Good to, good Pretty good. The you. other, not the che- uh, the Pat's cheesesteak guy that uh, bailed out on the challenge to come to State College and compete with us. We uh we like those we like these cheesesteaks from this pat better than that other pat. You know, that's that's not even a top three cheesesteak in Philly for me. So we'll we'll leave that for for a later yeah, point. Down some stuff now. Already already making people angry, Steve. That's you know that I'm good at that. Um Pat, I guess let's let's begin with this. I, I think what we want to focus with you tonight is both you are, you know, a fan of Penn State, obviously, both by the hat and everything that you do, the name of your business, everything behind you in, in your business. Um, but I think also you're a business in State College, and it, it really relies on football weekends, especially, you know, having a, a motel component to to your business. How important is Penn State football to a local business owner like you? Well, Penn State is and has always been huge to the growth of the um, Center County region. Um, you can't put enough uh, emphasis on what they've done over the years because we all survive and grow with the school. Um, it's like the rooms and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people get angry because the prices go up, but during game weekends and things like that, Arts Fest, that's really where you make your money. You know, the rest of it, it's not like you're booked up all year long. There's probably 15 great events that are being held and that's where you can really do it. But uh, it's just been, and the, this, Penn State community is is its own thing. You know, even you don't have to have gone to Penn State, just living around in Pennsylvania and, you know, wearing your blue and white and being a blue collar type of person um, is really something that, you, you know, we wear they're pretty close to the chest there. I guess for for those that aren't familiar with the We Are In, um, you know, what is the story? I, I feel like, and I, I said this when we talked about your cheesesteaks, that I keep hearing about it and keep, people keep telling me that I got to go there, got to have their food, got to gotta check this place out. And I finally had the food. And let me tell you what, as I mentioned, you're not charging enough for those cheesesteaks. You could charge me $100 and I would gladly pay that. Um, but what is what is the We Are In story, I guess, so to speak? So uh, basically... There's there's this building that's been empty in Phillipsburg. It was there empty for like 17 years. And I'm driving by all the time. And then, you know, I, we have a really nice tailgate that we used to have. Uh, I was a general contractor. And 
people at the tailgate are just like, we need places to stay. We need places to stay. So I would let people stay in my um, hunting camp. And then and then they would stay in our RV. And at one point, I said to my wife, maybe we, Jen, we should probably get this place because maybe these people will rent rooms and stop sleeping all over our property. <laughs> and she, she packaged that up with, well, will you get your all your memorabilia out of the house too? And then, you know, I'm all in. And she went all in once I said, I'll get my my friends and my stuff out. <laughs> so, and, so did everything get out? The memorabilia is out and the friends are staying at the end too? Or somebody's staying, nobody's staying they, in your house? Yeah. It's, it's, she said, you're only doing this as, as a hobby and for fun. And um, it, it turned into where we folded up the uh, general contracting business. And we're, we're now doing this. And it's become, you know, what we do for a living. Uh, the cooking thing, people, I'll never forget, there was a guy, Bees Bonner, he's, uh, big Penn State guy. He was sitting out on the patio the one day when we first opened. He said, hey, he said, how long have you been a chef? And I looked at my watch and I was like, two days and four hours. And he started laughing and I was like, no, I'm serious. You know, and he said, well, you, you probably owned a restaurant. I was like, no, I cooked with my grandmother and my mom and state stuff in Philly, which that's a whole different thing, you know, but uh, to come bringing that Philly flavor around, it's a, it's a whole different thing, you know. Center County, I've been coming here my whole life. And when people used to say, go get a cheesesteak, oh, you got to try this one. You got to try that one. It's just not the same. You know, the understanding and expectation is different than Philadelphia. You make a sandwich like that in Philly, they might come with pitchforks and you're done. <laughs> so when you talked about the end, how, did, how does the, how does, how do the cheesesteaks end up in the stadium? Like, do you approach them? Do they approach you? Like, how did, and there's a lot more small businesses in there this year as they've changed things. So what did that process look like from your side? I know some of the logic behind it from some backdoor stuff that I don't want to see the backdoor because it sounds like I'm involved in something, but I'm on a thing called the fan council. And my next meeting is my last after five years. And in the, my five years there, we've tried to explore different ways of getting people into the stands faster. And my first thing at every meeting was always beer. If you have beer, you know, people are going to go inside. So they're not sitting there trying to drink that last three beers right before kickoff and then run in. And then there's a log jam at the gates. I said, so once we got the beer, I was like, well, food, you know, because especially on a noon game, people don't might not want to hang around outside. They'd like to get in a little earlier, but they're trying to eat something besides what they have in the stadium. And uh, I think the group for five years of pounding that finally got through to where they decided, hey, look, let's start getting some of these offerings together, especially where they're going to be doing all these um, renovations on the one side I envision. And I don't know this for any certainty, but I see them put like some sort of a food court. And uh, I think they're testing the waters right now. Uh, we did a thing in the spring. I don't know if you guys heard about this one, but we did a cheesesteak eating contest where we made two six-foot cheesesteaks that weighed 18 pounds each. We had four of the offensive linemen and four of the defensive linemen. Each team got a cheesesteak, six, six, uh, 18 pounds. So um, I will say that the defense won, but we also brought in Blair Thomas uh, was the coach the, for the offensive side, and Justin King coached the defensive side. I was the ref. Graham Spaniard did the coin toss. Uh, we raised money for Special Olympics, and it was just a really, really good time. And at that point, the players were saying different things. And I had done some NIL stuff with food for the players. Mm -hmm. And now we, we we cater for in, at Lash for the football team. Um, so it was a, probably a natural step for us to go into the stadium. Um, they want to really have local flavors. Uh, Kevin, uh, Eric and Tyler are head, heading this thing up, and they're really doing a great job at looking for local flavors to make it more of a personal thing in the county, you know, instead of just bringing in a ton of people from outside. And it's really, I think it's really working nicely. You, you've been a Penn State fan for, I would assume, all of your life, judging by the memorabilia. 
what was it like the, the first time you saw your business name inside the inside Beaver Stadium? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Well, the only thing is I wanted to change it and, and call it We Are in Beaver Stadium instead of <laughs> Phillipsburg. But that's uh, that's probably a little much to try to do. It's amazing. It really, I mean, people are like, how did you do that? How did you do that? How did you do that? I'm just like, it just, they called up and said, hey, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, all right, what do you need me to do? And we're like, all right, well, let's do it. And here we are. Um, first year, there's there's things because here's the biggest thing, Darian, when and Steve, when you were going into there and you're in a, uh, an undiscovered country, okay, and you're trying to guesstimate what you're going to do, and and my team, you know, they're younger than I am, and they're sitting there like, well, the 7:30 West Virginia game, so now we know what to do for the Iowa game. Ah, uh -uh, Iowa game's a whiteout. Same time, Iowa game's also a Big Ten game. Iowa game's also going to be cold and rainy, you know. So all these different factors, like the Delaware game's a noon game. It's not going to be the same as a Michigan noon game in November. So, you know, we got to keep playing things by ear. And it, the challenge, you know, I give a lot of credit to my team. They're amazing with keeping up with the demand and uh, being able to know when to cut off a little bit because it's it's looking like, all right, hey, we're up by 30 points. Now people are going to start leaving so they want to beat the traffic. But the challenges in there are rough. And uh, I, I, I don't envy any of the other stands and what they're trying to do to accomplish their goals. Let's, let's, How have your game plans been? Sorry, Dan. How have you like if you if you evaluate your game plans for the first half of the season, right? Forget the on-field stuff. How have you done? Do you think through the first half of the season? We've done it. We've done as as well as expected. Uh, the only thing where we had a glitch. So we're in the student section, but we can't cook up there. All our cooking happens in the northwest section. So we throw all these steaks up and put them in a warmer, and we 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 run them up there. And the lower game, we kind of dropped the ball because we went down the north side. I mean, the west side, and you get down there, and, this, and the passway was blocked off because of the uh, team coming out for halftime. I think they block it off, like, for 15 minutes because some of the kids leave early. Um, we got held up, and there was a 32-minute period where we didn't sell a cheesesteak coming into halftime and, and in the beginning of halftime. But you learn from that, you know, because now I go back. We have a meeting. It's like, hey, listen, don't ever, ever go that way again. We go this way. It's only an extra 20 steps, but take the extra 20 steps around. So... Yeah, I, I know Darren's got a question, but I just I got to follow that up. I, Italian family on the other side. Is that how you said it to everybody that day? Like, were those the words? Don't ever do that. Like, it, it just felt like it might have come with a little more emotion. I'm not sure. There was definitely some passion and some emotion. Same time, I respect them because my, my, my staff really just want to we're in the stadium. They're proud to be in there and uh, they love it. You know, they absolutely love it. So they're not doing anything um, purposely. You know, everything they do, they just want to really shine. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Darren. Sorry, cut you off twice. No, Steve. you're good. You're good, Steve. Um, Pat, Pat, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do want to know what is the secret to your cheesesteaks? Why are they so good? Why do why why am I ranting and raving about them, telling every single person I know to eat these cheesesteaks? Because back in Philadelphia, I grew up in Overbrook section, and we had some really good cheesesteak spots. And like we said earlier, there's some of the places are tourist areas. Um, I, be, I was all over the city. I was an inspector in Philly on HUD houses and, uh, you know, uh, single family and multifamily homes. I was all over the city and I had steaks everywhere, but there was never one that stacked up to the original gym steaks, not the one on South Street, not the other ones, the original gyms. Uh, there was a woman in there, Evelyn, who you walked in. She knew if there was 200 people in line, she remembered you if, if you were only there once before what you wanted. And uh, they used to use lard. The only thing I don't do, because you can't do that anymore. But our rolls come from down there. We use ribeye. Uh, we use original cheese whiz in the stadium. But we also will put American, Cooper Sharp, all the different cheeses, whatever anybody wants. Jen likes provolone. 
you know. So we have to make sure we have everything as far as the cheese is good. But the roll makes the sandwich. You know, if you if you don't have the right roll, you can't make a good cheesesteak. You can't make a good Italian hoagie. You know, but once you have the roll, you're at eighty percent there. Then it's up to you to really put it over the top. That was what honestly that was the most surprising part of, of when I bit into that cheesesteak was how fresh the bread was. Um, because I think you know we all have been to stadiums before where it you, it feels like it's been sitting out for ten hours type thing. So I, I do appreciate that you guys you can tell you're using local ingredients, good ingredients. Um, so I got to ask Pat, what is your cheesesteak order? What do you, what are you ordering on cheesesteak? We actually have one called the Chef Passway. Um, it's got whiz and American because I can't make up my mind. <laughs> it's got fried onions and mushrooms. It's got hot cherry peppers and ketchup. Oh, all right. All right. I respect that. There with the ketchup thing. When I was growing up in Philly and we were making sandwiches in shops, four out of five had um, ketchup on them. And people are like, oh, well, you know, would you go into a steak shop and, you know, like a, a Longhorn or something and put ketchup on? I'm like, no, but I'm not going to put cheese on it and jam it in a roll either. You know, it's on my plate. I'm going to eat it like that. But uh, if you like a burger and you like ketchup, there's nothing wrong with putting it on a cheesesteak. It's delicious. Fares well. All right. Um, Pat, I don't want to keep you too much longer. What would you, this is your moment to plug. Um, what would you like to plug here and say? Well, I will say this. Um, we, our cheesesteak sales are only probably eight to 10% of our business because we have surf and turf. We have a lot of Italian dishes. We have a lot of really good stuff that was cooked in my family from back as far as I can remember. And uh, it's really worth giving it a try. People come over, aren't disappointed. And um, we might even, I might have an announcement for you guys later on and I'll call you and we'll come back on and All do right. it. Because right. we're looking for college. All right, let us know. Let us know. They told us, well, everybody told me about the Alfredo sauce and it's good, but the red sauce is what tastes like grandma's. I mean, yes. it's, it's, you know, I, we haven't been disappointed by anything we've gotten there. So I, I'm curious construction or chefing which which is which is harder or uh, it's two two totally different things but for me i loved cooking so much growing up that i and i i came from a neighborhood where there were a lot of guys that became chefs and had their own restaurants and stuff and um my thing was that i never wanted to put a price tag on the thing that I really loved and was very therapeutic for me at times in my life because I just felt like that it would lose its luster for me, but it hasn't. Because when people come in and people are happy and people are saying good things, they're leaving smiling. They're saying, hey, I never had a blackened salmon like that. And I was down in New Orleans getting it. Your Maryland crab cake is better than anything in Maryland. We should be ashamed of ourselves. You know, all these things, when people are saying that, it makes all of it worth it. And you go back and tell your guys and, and girls in the kitchen and they're all just like, it's it's a really it's it's a really good climate to work in. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Pat. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we are in up in Phillipsburg, but also as I mentioned, two stadium locations: one behind the student section, and one kind of down in, in my corner, which is NA and B area. Uh, be sure to check them out. See you soon, Steve. You've been there in person, and, and I, everybody is like, we are not. Pat is not paying us. We are the Everybody keeps telling me about this place, and I'm just saying, like, I think this is sounds like a good business. I think we may need to check it out in person. That's all. Maybe I think it'd be a wise decision. date. I think it'd be a wise decision. The two best places in Center County. That's not true. Two of the best places in Center County that I like to eat are in Phillipsburg. There's the We Are In. There's Brown Dog Catering. Both small places that have you know grown their business and are doing good things. And not there aren't great places in State College, but. We're a little bit closer to Phillipsburg, so it's easy. And and what energy from Pat, right? Right, like I mean, 
you know, that's the kind of person, that's the kind of person that can make me think about going inside the stadium again. I mean, you know, lots of energy, lots of excitement, happy to be there. Wow. So, you know, he might not only be a chef and a former contractor, but he's part cheerleader. God bless him. Wow. Um, no, seriously, that was, I think the energy thing. And, and when you meet somebody like that and they have that type of energy and, and, you know, you're getting good, like you can see why they're passionate, why they are producing good food and, and, and producing a good experience. So good luck to Pat um, and everybody involved with the, with the, we are in, um, appreciate and kudos to Penn state for finding local people. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, yeah I think been, that's a big, we thing. talked about the beer early on. Right. I think kudos to Penn state for, okay, finding different food options, but finding local food options. And, and that requires them to change their model a little bit. Like we didn't push on money with him, but I'm pretty sure they aren't paying the money to Learfield that Pepsi or somebody else's divinity. They found a way to make this work, to put these people in the stadiums to, to be partners on the food level, at least. And I think that's important. One size doesn't always fit all for your sponsorship stuff and things like that. And, and I think plate businesses like that and the beer vendors and whatever else they're localish, give it a, an important personalized Penn State specific Beaver Stadium specific flavor that makes it better for everybody. So kudos to everybody who made it happen. It It is very noticeable, those types of changes. And, and, they're little subtle changes, but now when I walk in from, we usually go in at gate, uh, gate D and we kind of walk around the corner there. Um, you know, there's about three or four local, um, food vendors that, that are, are there. And it's, it doesn't, it feels comforting. Like it, it, it genuinely feels comforting because it feels unique. Like it, you feel a sense of pride over that. And I think, I think as a fan, that's important. And I think, I think that is why, you know, the lines at some of these places have been long. Um, and so, you know, it sounds like Pat's, Pat's really selling cheesesteaks. So good for him. Um, anyways, that's all I got there. Um, Steve, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. You ready? I've never hit the curve. Go ahead. Okay. I know. Um, I, I think we have to briefly talk about it. I think, I think it, it's, it's now seeped in to Penn State dumb that we have to talk about it. It's the biggest story in sports media. It's Taylor Swift. She's everywhere. She's dating Travis Kelsey. But I think the most stunning situation about the fact that she's dating Travis Kelsey isn't that she's dating Travis Kelsey. It's that this morning I got onto to, uh, Instagram and saw a post from probably top, top, top tier fan of the podcast, Maddie Pryor, who had a picture of Taylor Swift and Ross Travis, former Penn State men's basketball player, together. And they weren't just together. They were in the same suite at the stadium. Um, if you would have given me a thousand guesses on people that I, you would have said, it's somebody very random, Ross Travis not even coming in the first thousand. So I, I don't I don't have a point there. I just wanted to say I'm, I have, I'm having a tough time reconciling it, even though I found a paper trail of how they're they're connected which is all through travis so i was gonna say because he was he's probably the tight end whisperer right like to tell people what sports is because he played for the he got signed by the chiefs out of college he played for the chiefs out of college when he made the transition from basketball to football right so i'm sure there's a connection there maybe he's the guy that's there to say this is what this just happened on the field right to help people like maybe they're the quarterback or the tight end whisperer uh, it it appears that travis and, and ross are best friends like it appears okay. they are very tight like they've went to vegas and coachella um it's just wild. I don't know. It's just wild that that guy that I watch play basketball at Penn State um, is he now has, hanging clearly out. Clearly has other skills than basketball. He's got good and, friend skills. But there's not even it's not even just Taylor Swift. It's Taylor Swift and and uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman and 
and Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and, and basically every famous person. How do we give them that boost, Steve? That's because that's because, because you're too excited about it. Ross, he, Ross is just like, yo, how are you? Like, yo, what's up? Right? He doesn't care about that. They're, they're not famous to him. So if he, he plays it on the DL and they think he belongs with them. Again, I'm thinking. All right. Um, I just want to bring it up. Do, does, do you care about Taylor? Like, like uh, remove Ross Travis from the situation. Do you care about, like, is it, from the sports no, media I, perspective. I, I think that no, I think the sports media piece that I'm interested in is it's kind of like the offend me stuff with fans of anything else, like regular announcers or whatever else. Yes, they are gonna cut away to, to Taylor Swift. They just are. That's that's the gig. That they, they would be irresponsible if they didn't, right? And I don't understand how it hurts coverage of the game or what kind of wonderful insight they think they're gonna miss for the three seconds they see her face. It's not like somebody's going to explain a play or do something amazing on the broadcast. They're going to miss. So I, I guess I'm intrigued by the level of angst and anger, even that people have that she's getting attention while at the game. I just, I, 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 I think it's a great thing. I mean, I think you, there are more people watching football right now than it, it was the most watched NBC broadcast since, or since the one of the Super Bowls, recent right. Super Bowls. Right. So they have um, to feature her and, She's not hurting the broadcast. She's not hurting the quality of football yeah. broadcast or the quality of the game itself. I just don't understand that anger from people. Right? Just I mean, and the, the other thing is, look, the, the NFL is trying to grow globally, right? Like you just had a game in London. You've got the a game in, in Frankfurt. I think they're doing a game next year or two, maybe two games in Spain. Um, this is a like, take advantage of this. This is a good opportunity to grow globally, to get in front of, of people that have never watched a football game, which is probably... Uh, more than a vast majority of the world at this point, I would right. say, you know, but uh, I would be willing to bet that, you know, Taylor Swift is probably, I would say the most famous person on the planet. So I don't know. I just wanted to br briefly discuss that. Did you watch the Disney plus stuff at all? Uh, no, I did. I caught it on Twitter. Cause we were, that was while we were Mitt's travel. Um, I want to go back and watch it because I, I look Toy Story is my Favorite yeah, I think they're both movie. good for the game. I think both just yeah. in different ways. They're both good for the game. And the NFL yeah. doesn't do a lot that's not <laughs> they know how to make the brand better and protect the shield in all kinds yeah. of ways. Yeah. Um, no, I've, I'm interested to go back and watch it because I, I saw a lot of people that have kids. They're like, my kids are loving this. So anyways, I just want to hit on that real quick. Uh, moving on. Football game. That's why I was traveling. There was a football game this weekend. Penn State won. Um, so that's good. Um were you let me, concerned? Let me collect, in the stadium? Let me collect my thoughts. Uh, let me collect my thoughts here for a hot second and say that I went back and watched the game and I feel much better after watching the game back. Like, if you haven't watched the game back, Penn State looked fine. Like, obviously, they did not have a great start. But it's, they very much look fine. And I, I think it, the part of all of this is there is a human emotion element to this think in in whatever context think of it in the penn state football context if you're going to a penn state game and penn state is playing delaware indiana rutgers well maybe not rutgers but delaware indiana um you know one of those types of teams you're not going to be that excited you're not going to be that amped up penn state's playing iowa or penn state is playing in the whiteout or West Virginia, you're, you're going to be fired up. You're going to be looking forward to that. And, and that human element carries over into the locker room. And I think that is what we saw a little bit of on Saturday. Um, I don't know. I, I think the, 
I think they need to let Drew screw up. And it's weird to say it, but like you almost, I, I, we kind of kept saying amongst our group, like let him throw the pick. Like he, if, if he gets that, then he's, he's free from it. I think he's just trying to be a little too careful. Let him throw the ball, and I think everything will be fine. So, anyways, th- I know that was a little bit of a rambling and smattering, but it's a long and winded answer to say no. I, I'm not not terribly concerned. I'm not even concerned. I'm not concerned. Period. But you weren't concerned in the moment. I was anxious in the moment. I was anxious in the okay. moment. Um, but I know how this team is played and I, 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 it's kind of difficult cause I've been trying to like prove the data on this outside of, of just the scores. But I think now Penn state is a hundred and it would be 108 to outscoring opponents, 108 to 17 off of the top of my head, um, in the, the second half. The, the locker room adjustments that they must be making or the changes that they're making, I don't think we're talking about that enough. Like, I think that is a benefit of having both Mike Yersich, who is a far better offensive coordinator, Manny Diaz, who is a former head coach and a very good defensive mind, probably one of the better defensive minds in the country right now. I, I think that is not being talked enough, talked about enough because that is it would be nice. Yes. Penn state can't get behind in a, in a situation against Michigan or Ohio state. Right. And that if we're talking through everything through that context, which we are in this season, but I don't know. I, I feel very safe with the coaching staff and everything that they've done. Like they beat, they beat Northwestern in the second half, 31 to three. That is a matter of fact. And they looked very relatively pretty sharp doing it. Even if that wasn't their best game of the year doing it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the opening kickoff, you know, fumble, you give up the, the, the three points there and you're like, oh, oh, you know, I mean, if you don't see it and you don't see the, if you see the score with no context at halftime or early in the second quarter, you're like, what's going on? And I get it. I get that there's slow starts. I get that there's also people doing this. And I, I'm just, I guess I'm just in the one, one, it's hard for me to say I'm in the one and no camp because there's a part of me that just, I'm, I'm in the just one baby camp. Right? Like, I think it's more appropriate that, like, it doesn't matter what happens when you get there. It's just a W. And who who so, are you and what have you done with Steve? I know. What, who are you? I, I know. I had the thing defending the coach saying he needed more respect two weeks ago. And I'm almost saying I'm in the one and O camp. I'm never going to be in the one and O for the picture camp. But still, um, they, they just got I mean, you're going to have, a, I, I think that's the part. Fan wise, I understand it. And I don't think the media have done it too much this week, maybe a little bit. But it's like every, oh, this didn't happen. Oh, the tight ends the first week. Oh, my gosh, the slow starts. Oh, this. You just got to have something to create, so you, something to write, so you do it. I, I don't think it's irresponsible, but I think it's really okay to say, yeah, they won the game. Like, that's what they're supposed to do. And I know that doesn't make a story. That doesn't make it, you know, doesn't sound sexy. You know, and that's, those are the critiques people throw at the media. And I'm not trying to throw shade that way. But I do, I do think sometimes we get caught up in how it happens. And all that matters is that it happens. Because if you're going to tell me a team's going to go 12-0 and 0 in a season, there's going to be an ugly game or two in there. Right, it, it just has to be. They're not all going to be blowouts. They're not all going to be dominance. And and on the road against this team that was, was working hard, they did what they were supposed to do and did it fairly well. Well, look at a Georgia. Even I mean, they just kind of stubbed their toe a little bit against Auburn, right? And I think maybe that Auburn team might be a hair better than than the numbers show. Um, but they just stubbed their toe against Auburn, and yet they're fine. Like I think, it, I think you you put it in a good perspective of. We're going to, regardless of how this season shakes out, right? Like, 
knock on wood at worst this is a 10 and 2 season regular season and uh, i think anything below that is a failure for for certain but it's knock on wood it's a 10 and 2 season at worst you're gonna look back on that and think oh yeah let's say one that game you know 41 to 13 they like you're just gonna look at that score and, and not but not even bad enough at it. Um, right. So I wanted to add that there. Um, man, I I have to say it, Stephen. I, I no offense to the fine people of Northwestern. First off, there weren't that like I that was probably one that was for a game being as far away from State College as as that one was. That was probably the heaviest mix of Penn State home team fans. Um. It was it was probably at least thirty five percent Penn State, but man, and I know I said it last time. I forgot. I just I, I forgot about Ryan Field and what what a not great dump it is. Or not a great place it is. Um, it's not great. Weren't like, you quaint and encouraging? And, I was and somewhat nice about it before you left. I was. I was. Um, but there's like there's no hot food. The hot food is only like hot dogs. Uh, I the thing that baffled me for as many smart people that go there, their scoreboard is located in the corner of the end zone, and there's a uh, there's the the northwestern locker room comes out in front of it, and so you can't see probably a bottom quarter of the scoreboard because of the fact that the locker room is there and it's just like nobody thought hey we should probably up that by about 10 feet and that solves the entire problem well the sports people thought that but the academic people probably said we don't have the money for that right like even though the athletic department's probably making one making more money than the academic department but yeah it's a it's a it's an it's a how much do you care thing right so yeah it's it's it i feel I genuinely feel bad because I'm sure that there are people that genuinely care about Northwestern football and want it to succeed. And, you know, I think it's had a couple of good years there. They went to the Rose Bowl that one time. Um, they've, you know, even the last few years, they went to the, the Big Ten title game, you know, twice in the last five years. Um, but it just feels like nobody cares about it. It's it's kind of sad. And I, I don't know. Makes you... Moments like that, and I, this is going to sound whatever preachy, but moments like that make you appreciate what you have at Penn State, I think. is, is, is... Well, That's probably true. Like, I, I think, I mean, there's such a sports culture here, right? That it's just, that's what people come for. That's not what people come for to Northwestern. I mean, it's not the primary thing most people come there for. You come for the city, you come right. for the academic program, you come for whatever. It might not be the primary thing here, but it's darn close. It's it's second or third for a lot of people, if, at least undergrads, if it isn't the first thing. Okay, well, there's this big community, there's this big event. You know, you could know you could have a portion of the undergrad class at Northwestern logically not know that they have sports teams, perhaps, or be aware of it or be part of it. Here, it's just kind of hard to avoid. Yeah, and that's not. I mean, problem. that was the thing. Even even during the game, well into the second quarter, at one point, I looked over at their student section, and I swear that they had more band members than they did students in the student section. That's not an exaggeration. Um, so you feel bad for those students that probably do care enough to to show up and take time out of their Saturday for that. Um, anyways, I don't know. I, I feel five games in, I feel very much fine on Penn State. You know, I think this is, you have to be patient and this all comes down to two football games. And if you unlock one of those levels, um, you get 
probably get another good, big, important football game after that that, that most of us want to see happen, especially this year with it being the last year of the four-team playoff. Um, so I think it's just a, as we keep talking about, be patient, I think, is, is we'll, we'll see well, how this all plays out. And it has to be a patient time for Penn State fans last week, this coming week, and next week, because your team is not going to be part of the discussion nationally in the next three weeks. It, oh, it's yeah. going to be frustrating for some fans, right? Why aren't they mentioning us? Why aren't they saying anything about us? Because they're not seeing you. I mean, luckily, not a lot of people saw Northwestern. I mean, it was a great game, but people who would have watched it really watched it would have said, oh, that first half, right? And they, they'd have been dinged for that, even though it probably wasn't true. This week, there's no game. Next week, UMass doesn't matter. You know, next week they're on the, they're on the SEC plan, right? You're in the conference schedule and then find a dog to play somewhere in the middle of your schedule, which is great scheduling for them. Kudos, kudos. But nobody's going to talk about them the next three weeks because they're not playing a game that matters. And I think that's going to frustrate some fans as some stuff works out and Washington wins and some other teams win. And people say, why, wait, why aren't they talking about us? You've got Ohio State and that's when that'll happen, right? And, and you got to be patient to get there. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a very good way to look at it. All right. Anything else you want to say about the football team? Five and zero, oh. woohoo! Cool. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, it is the first week of Penn State hockey. Um, I'm excited about it. I believe they open up the road against Long Island. Off the top of my head, okay. um, I'm, I'm, I, it, it, it kind of hit me today. Like the weather hasn't been Octobery today, but I was like, oh, it's it's the second day of October. Like uh, there's the NHL hockey next week. Um, I am optimistic about the Penn State hockey men's hockey team this year. Um, I am not. I think my expectations compared to last year are a little bit lower, just given they lost a lot of their scoring. I think I wrote down. It's, yeah, it was forty-five percent of their goals that they, they essentially lost the graduation or, or the NHL or or trend. You know, well, not transfer, but um, kind of you know, go, moving on. Um. To me, I think the goal this year is to make the tournament. You you play in a very stacked conference this year. Um, I think every team except for maybe one was ranked in the initial poll when it came out. When in fact, when the the initial poll came out this time around, I I had only saw the Big Ten media poll, and Penn State was pin, finished to pick six or fin, picked to finish sixth. And I was like, what the hell? And then I remembered that you've got Notre Dame, Michigan, um, Ohio State, all kind of sort of ahead of you. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I think Penn State, you know, and now Penn State's number 16. I think that's very fair. But I think, again, I think the goal this year, even though they were one goal away from, you know, going to the Frozen Four, and I think that is still probably the ultimate goal, or, or that would be the first high watermark that Penn State still hasn't achieved yet. I think that is the goal this year is, is is just to make the tournament be good enough to make the tournament survive non-conference play their non-conference schedule this year is pretty pathetic it's kind of it's kind of taking the football model of okay like conference is going to beat us up let's let's not really have to worry ourselves too much in the non-conference play um there's no reason that penn state you know shouldn't have more than one or two losses in, in non-conference play this year um just with who they play so I think the other thing is you got you got Liam Soulier Air back, um, and I think that's a big thing in college hockey. If you've got a good goalie, you can go uh, go a long way. Um, Steve, what is your expectation for Penn State men's hockey this year? I think they've got decent leadership. Like I said, lost a lot of goals, but I think they've got some decent leadership. It'll be interesting to see the vibe of the team. 
um, just what their personality plays out being. And I think, yeah, make the tournament. I mean, they're, they're basically starting the season on the bubble, right? Sixth in the conference and 16th in the poll, national poll. They're basically starting the season on the bubble. And they're playing, you know, they're going to, in theory, probably in reality, do great in non-conference, build up a record. It's going to look interesting. And then you're going to be hoping for splits during the conference play, right? And maybe steal one, you know, somewhere along the line because it's just the conference is that, is that tough. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if they don't make the tournament, right, because you're you're one goal away from from being the Frozen Four last year, it's a disappointment, right? You can't to go from there down. Not that programs don't, but you're looking for that consistency. And I appreciate it's a challenge, and they don't on paper have the talent that some other teams have in terms of NHL draft picks and things like that. But they've got. I don't know that that's what I don't know if that's what Guy Gadowski wants either. You know, I think he wants his players to play as a team and 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 find that bigger than us approach and and when they do that it works so my expectation i think is is tournament right i think if they miss out even though it's a really tough conference right and it's going to be a challenge to finish in the top 16 nationally if you only finish in the top five in your conference but it's you know arguably the best conference in college hockey so we'll see how it goes um i think was thinking about it through like the, that lens you, you hit on it there a little bit of of do you go you go build these super nuts teams like like the Michigan teams for the last really three years have had essentially every Hughes brother and you know uh, um, Adam Fantelli and and all these other just insanely good dudes and, and even this year you've got Dylan Duke and Rutger Grody and it's like okay like where do you go the Penn State way and I I appreciate that that I think it seems like there's an emphasis on team building and I think that is. You really you look at some of the teams that have done well. Obviously, like like the Denver teams come to mind. That Union team that won the title. Like you find that one dude that is a dude, and then you have a good cohesive team the rest of the way. You can go pretty far. Um, I think it is kind of what we've learned with college hockey, and I think that is it, it appears to be Guy Gadowski's approach. Um, I don't know who that person is. You know, I I think obviously like the Aiden Fink thing is exciting, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think expectations are reasonably set at making the tournament. Let me ask you this: Should that should be the expectation every year? Like that is the baseline expectation, and much in the way talk about that, especially in the future with Penn State football. Okay, I just make it yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that's that's what they're that's what we're led to believe the program is right from facility to support to in the conference. They're they're top 20 program every year if you're top 20 you got to beat four other teams to make the tournament basically you know so yeah i, I think it's, it should be tournament every year um and, and it kind of goes back to what pat romano said a little bit about you know penn state blue collar guy blah 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 i don't know that i see that always in in football right like because not that they, the, the players aren't hard working or whatever else but we know these are five-star players in some instances and people who are recruited to be here and then i like in hockey and even in wrestling, right? There's not a, there's not a, maybe one, and maybe that's what happens at 125 this year. There's not a dud in that lineup, a guy that wasn't recruited by everybody. In some ways, the hockey has the ability, hockey has the ability to play out that blue collar, workman like, go at it approach, that mentality than, than almost any other sport in some ways. So, and, and that's what I think is enjoyable about them. I, th I think they're not as, as, as watching them, watching them, they're not all draft picks and whatever else they got to figure out how to do it together to make it work and when they do it it's kind of fun 
When they don't, well, okay. But when they do, it's fun. This will be the well. This will be the tenth year of Pagula. Um, this will be, but the let's see, the the eleventh season. Steve, you've been to a lot of Penn State hockey games. You've been to more than I have. Uh, any well, any that particularly stand out, or any player that particularly stands out? It was like a seven nothing game against Notre Dame a couple of years ago. That was a lot of fun as a fan. I just beat the snot out of them at Pagula. Um, I think Pagula itself is the best part when it's when it's working. Um, I, I think it's a cool experience. There haven't been great. Evan Barrett might have been one of the best players I've I've seen on the ice there in terms of sheer talent. There have been a lot of them, but he just felt. I mean, he went pro. It felt like I don't know. There was just a different vibe when he was on the ice. Um, uh, I think Xander Lampa this year is is going to be an interesting dude, and and I, I think. There's a mentality there of toughness without taking a penalty, or what's that line? And, and I think that's the, for a team like this, it's going to be finding that toughness without ending up in the box. That's going to be the difference in them being average or, or really pretty good, because you you got to you got to find a way to skate that line to, to 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 deliver blows, to send a message of who you are, to not get over overwhelmed by anybody without ending up in the box and costing your team. And I think that's kind of the way Penn State has played. I think is is finding that line and right. a team it's a team that like can play on the, the edge of that line or, or right at the cusp of that line is a much better hockey program than it you know than it, than it is necessary or necessarily could be given the the talent kind of going back to that that part of the, the equation exactly. all right cool i just want to pick your brain there uh this week's old guy young guy it's, i think it's your turn Brought to you by Resid Penn State Residential Dining. I took my uh, freshman seminar class to to residential dining today. Saw the head of residential dining, Jim Meineke, who gave him kind of a behind the scenes glimpse at the quarter of a million pounds of cheese and quarter of a million pounds of chicken they buy each year, and all the things they do, and theme dinners, and the different dining halls. And so it it and it it came up about finding the menu. So I asked them, like, oh, do you guys just how do you know what's on the menu? Do you use the app? Do you go? What's on? And they looked at me like you would walk blindly into one of these places and not know what's available. I'm like, yeah, all the time. It was the only option I had. I walked in the dining hall, whatever was on the row was what we had. Um, but generationally the chicken Cosmo was a little before me. It ended just when I was here. And that was like the, the menu item that people, uh, when the chicken Cosmo was on, they, they loved them. So I'm curious, is there, is, is there an item or guilty pleasure food item, a regular item that was the thing when you were in Penn State? So the thing, and it still is the thing, and we've talked about this recently, was is is it still the West cookie, right? Like it, that's still far enough removed now that I need to ask, confirm with somebody. Still thing. They, okay, still thing, still good. Great. Um, nothing better than just one of, one of those West cookies roll off and then you put some ice cream on it. Um, but you know what thing? There are two things that I, I loved in, in my specific days as Penn State. Number one was in South. I don't know if it's still there. There used to be a little burrito stand over in the corner type thing. Um, and they made like, the, they like would toast these burritos in a panini press. Cause I think that's all they really had, but mm -hmm. it, it just added this like little crunch to the, the burrito. Perfect. Great. You know what? The other thing I loved about the dining hall, it, it, it had, I could have go, just go to anywhere and buy these ingredients and make them even at any point in college. I love the endless amount of cereal that you could eat at the dining hall. That was 
that was meal. one of the yeah like it did not matter at all it's just like eh, i think i'm gonna have some cereal right now because it, it was good it's just yeah that was that was true that was coming i came from a really small high school right so coming in and seeing the big bins of cereal and the dispensers was big and, and the game changer that even today like if we would go to a food hall or a place that had like a buffet if they had the big heavy handled cooler that you lifted up and the chocolate milk came out you know like with I could just yeah. I could just get underneath and drink chocolate milk or just go glass after glass of that. So find something you love as much as Steve's loves chocolate milk. That's all I gotta say. If you can find Steve. that thing, stick with it the whole time. So yes. yeah, that's a beautiful message from this week's podcast. All right. Anything else this week? What? Chicken Cosmos weren't a thing when you were a student. They were. I, I guess I wasn't a big Chicken Cosmo guy. Okay. They were still in the menu, but I, I mean, I. I don't know that there was talks about. Them. No, they stopped after me. They stopped okay. after me. But I don't know that I was like, oh, chicken cod. I, I don't know what the I, I was still even as a. I guess I was off campus by junior year, but even late my sophomore year, I was still happy that there was a big row of endless food at whatever t- meal time was. I was like, oh, I have all these options, because you know I'm just, you know, happy. It's kind of like now if we go out as long as I don't have to clean or pick up after myself, it, it's usually a pretty good dinner. So. Even better if I go to the WeRN, but it's usually a pretty good dinner. Oh boy. Oh boy. We plugged them more than we plugged merch this week. I was just thinking that. We, Get we the stuff at stuffsummerstores.com. Get the merch. People were disappointed I didn't wear stuff. I did take stuff with me, but I didn't wear stuff on Saturday uh, to the game. So I would be disappointed too. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, all right. That's it for this week's podcast. Um, I do want to, I've said this a couple of times. Already, if you made it this far, you, you, you're probably a very loyal listener to this podcast. I, on behalf of Steve and I, like to thank you for a very successful September, which success would just be two people clicking on a story and three people watching or listening to a podcast. We had plenty more than that. Um, so I, I just want to say thank you. We have a lot of fun doing this. We have a lot of fun putting this together. because um, you were ticking so people yeah. off. Oh, that no, yeah. One of us was ticking people off. It depends on what, well, it depends on the week. Tense of the week. Okay. I think, it's your, I think it's, it's your turn. Probably my turn. Well, I know what I want to write about. I'm gonna write about noon games. Okay. All right. All right. All right. There we go. Okay. And then I gotta be middleman on all the comments, and everything. Right. Um if you are listening to this podcast and you haven't subscribed to us, make sure you do that. Uh five stars, thumbs up. That would be very appreciative. Um YouTube subscribe somewhere in there. Uh, thank you to Pat from We Are In for joining us. Pat, we really appreciate it. Um, it was good perspective. Um, but be sure to head up to Phillipsburg, check them out. Um, let's see what else. We've got emails. Steve's got an email. It's Steve at stuffsummersays.com. Uh, I've got an email. It's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. We have merch on our website, which is stuffsummersays.com. You can find the merch at guy going to stuffsummersays.com backslash the stuff. Um now it's getting a little, little colder. Might might add, add some, some new stuff. Add some warmer stuff in there. And I will say, I've said this before, the the crew necks are very soft. Um, so I would I would recommend a crew neck if you're looking to stay warm. But again, might be might be more stuff. White crew neck would look good in that Michigan game. Well, we're we're blue section, so oh, have to wear them. So yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw both. We saw both. We did. Um but, uh, uh, oh, Twitter handle, uh, real quickly. Mine is at Steph Summer Says. Steve's is at Steve Samsel. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Bye. See you.